Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Investor Types Podcast. I'm Stefan Angelini. I'm sitting down with Damien Roylance from Entourage Finance. Um, we've got a special, special one today. We're basically talking to business owners or people who want to um, start their own business. Yeah. People who want to grow their own business and grow it to a point where you have to keep reinvesting to grow the team, yeah. to ensure you can grow profits and essentially have a big, big, big business. That's the plan. Hopefully yeah. I can share some insights then. Yeah. So. It takes different sort of investor types to do these kind of things. I thought it'd be great to get Damien on because he's growing a business in the finance space. And you get to a point sometimes when you run a business and you get the choice, do I pull money out and start my own investment portfolio on the side or do I double down and try and grow this thing and grow it big? Yep. Why Damien, I think, why I think he's so special is because he's one of the only Collingwood supporters I know with a mouthful of teeth. Um, and a diehard at that. So, <laughs> I'm sorry buddy. Like, I, I'm a Collingwood supporter as well, but I'm not this, as pretty. This is our year this year, I think, 2020. Is yeah. our year. <laughs> I say that every year though. Yeah, yeah. So Damien was living in London for a long time. Um, and 20, 2010, if 2010, a lot of people yeah, remember 2010, yeah, yeah. where there was a draw in the grand final, Collingwood versus St Kilda. Right. You were living in London, what did you do? I, um, I had a bet with my old man before I went to London earlier in the year that if Collingwood made the grand final, he thought there was no hope they were going to make the grand final. He'd fly me back. So we made the grand final. I had a job interview on that Friday, which I had to cancel. And I flew on the Friday from Paris. I was in Paris at the time. And then flew to Melbourne, got in Friday night, and then went to the grand final with you know, no, no sleep. And then um, we drew, as we know, as one of the greatest games. But then I had to fly home on the Monday. So I, <laughs> I missed the win. So I've, I think I've seen four Collingwood losses and a draw and still haven't quite seen that win, which is, yeah, hopefully this year. We, we normally win on... We won 1990 in 2010, so yeah. hopefully 2020 is uh, it's a, every 10 or 20 years. So, such yeah. a love story with such a heartbreak. <laughs> you poor bugger. Yeah, yeah. Nah, so, it's all good. So coming from London, and what we want to talk about is your finance business. I want yeah. to know, for all the people out there that are thinking about starting a business, yeah. how did you get started with, with your company, with Entourage? Yeah, well, I guess we've got to go back to when we got back from London was around Jan 2012. And so I was in discussions of coming back to a previous employee, which I started mortgage broken in 2006. Mm -hmm. So I could have went back as an employee income, which was great after being in London for about 18 months. Yeah. Or another partner I used to know, uh, Mark, who was a buyer's advocate, yep. to start a brand new business. Mm -hmm. um, Mark, I used to work with Mark, so he was, you know, we knew each other really well. Um, but he goes, well, you get no income. You mm -hmm. know, there's nothing here for the next six or so months until I start earning income, which was, Probably pretty challenging. I had my lovely wife, Amy. We got engaged before we went to London and we were planning our wedding probably in March 2012. So we had about three months for the wedding. Um, I had a lot of debt like you and I, lo I love my, uh, my property. I bought yeah. three properties in my 20s and carried before, that. Before to, you took off to London? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2007, 2008, we had, had about one and a half million of debt. Um, somehow managed to go to London and the rents kind of covered most of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we... I took the plunge into the offer of no income. Uh, I don't know why at the time. Had to live at home with mum and dad because yeah. we couldn't afford to move back into one of our other places. With your fiance? Yeah, we yeah. lived in her parents. We lived in a, we swapped parents a little bit. Yeah. And as we got married, I think we, I don't know when we moved into the house. I think it was after the wedding, after yeah. March. Um, but the funny thing is when, when I look back on it now, my, my, my boss or my partner at the time, Mark says, I've got this other little side business going on. It's an internet. He'd been working on an internet business in real estate. And he goes, oh, you can have, a, you can have some of this as well as we kind of grow the mortgage broken property business. So that was, that was in my back pocket. I said, yeah, whatever. Um, that turned out to be okay, which is looking back eight years later, I, I made the right decision. <laughs> but 
knowing you're a, you're a startup man and yourself, but all these internet things don't always work. But nah. Um, lucky this I've one. I've had yeah. a few that have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, had one that nearly got there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's so that's a fantastic story. Yeah. Um, but I think what I took out of that was when you start a business, don't expect to make money straight away. You're gonna have to sort of bite nah. the bullet for a little bit. Um, yeah. Move back home with your parents, even if you got if you got debt. Um, if you really want to do it, yeah. be prepared to not but get paid for a while or not get paid yeah, really yeah. well. And I think everyone thinks the grass is greener, yep. as you know. Like, what is it? One in only one in ten survive. The first yep. got a twelve months or twenty four years, yeah. uh, twenty four months. Which you did, but you also got involved in a startup. I love this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the startup was not making money at the start. Um, yeah. Is now a big company, ASX listed. Yeah. Tell us about how how it started, what it is. Yeah. And well, where it is. It was a, an idea that Mark and Xavier, the, the two property guys, had. They actually started auction tipping contests. Like, it was called Property Tycoon, where you would you, they'd choose five properties, and people love property. It's a bit of a sport in Melbourne, especially in Melbourne, yeah. and you could kind of pick, um, you know, which property, what you think they would sell for within a range. Mm-hmm. If you got it within a hundred grand, it would go into your portfolio. Um, that was one. It was really hard to monetize. It was just a bit of fun. Then the other idea was rate my agent, which is you know taking from the you know the, your trip advisors and um, what's that travel one uh, or whatever it is. Everyone was rating everything, but real estate agents were getting away with everything. Yeah. You know, it probably started being a negative around. Geez, that agent bloody screwed me, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, it's become a real positive site for agents to promote themselves. And so then rate my agent developed, as we kind of worked in iProperty Plan was the mortgage broking business, this little startup, you know, kept growing a bit of legs here mm-hmm. and there and we started to hire more people. But the profit or the income that we're earning from the, the business, we'll just put back onto the startup. Yeah. So that's probably the advantage we had, I think, over a lot of other startups where we had a, a functioning business, um, which was making money. Yep. And you could kind of, you know, direct income to the startup. So you didn't have to go for big capital raisings at the start. You used no. your own funds, you knew what you wanted to grow, and you could yep. reinvest into the tech. And running a tech company, man, that costs some money. Yeah, yeah. And the three, three of us, and look, I, I, I was more in the mortgage business, and the, the two guys kind of got more involved in the property side of things. They, yep. None of us were tech heads. Yeah. So, so eventually, <laughs> so you had a little portion of this company, yep. which has now grown up to be something massive, but you made the decision to say, I'm not going to go along for the journey and dedicate all my time. I'm going to keep... Yeah. the broking and doing what I'm good at. So yeah. you had to go through a split with your partners. Yeah, well, look, I guess as they got, they were doing less of the buyer's advocate, more on the website. So I had yeah. to keep, you know, you had to keep mortgage broking to keep money coming in the door because mm. we all had families. Or yeah, we all, by then I had family um, and, and so did Xavier and Mark. And we, so I was there to fund a lot of it while they could build it and concentrate on it more, mm-hmm. um, which was great. And then in 2015, they'd raised a bit of money by then. We'd probably done a second raise mm-hmm. and they go, well, I think this is a serious thing. We're going to dedicate this, and we had a we had a good split, which was really amicable. Yeah, the only the only funny thing now, when I look back, is um, uh, I bought them out of the trail income, so the trail commission was only what the wor- the business was worth, yep. a percentage of the trail. I think I I said it was worth two, Xavier said it was worth three, and then Mark was in the middle of two and a half. So I think we all had different minds. We didn't have a uh, an actual shareholders agreement in writing down, like most businesses don't at the start. Had, yeah. We, we did all this on a handshake at the like the old Hilton Hotel. Yeah. Even about these shares, which are worth a bit of money now, I was I didn't have anything in, in writing about it. But you know, the guys are the hand. There is still good people out there that honour their mm-hmm. you know their handshakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we ended up at in the middle two and a half times of what the trail was, and just bought them out. And then at that time, that was December two thousand fifteen. 
So in order to buy the amount, you would have taken on more debt to do that? Yeah, cash to I think because we, we hadn't been paying ourselves much, I didn't have the money, yep. the capital myself to um, just pay cash. So we, we borrowed the money and um, that was fine because you get, you get recurring income in, the interest is quite low. Um, so that worked out well. And then I had to rebrand, I had to change the name mm-hmm. because it was all connected to a pre, the one of the business partners, he's kind of family company. Um, and so we came up with the name Entourage. Well, I came up with the name Entourage. I like the TV show. Hence the creation be. of Entourage. Yeah, so... Um, so tell me a bit about why Entourage, why you started it. Yeah, like... When, a, when was that? When was the name? It was the December, name December. I think it, well, the, the first day of Entourage was December 2015. Mm-hmm. But it obviously had, I had some time to prepare. Like it was a good... We knew it was coming, so I had time to kind of set things up. Um, I don't know, starting a name, I know we can't all just have a beautiful angel name like yourself, <laughs> but uh, that's like part of the last name. Mark wanted Royland's Finance, which sounded really bad, I hated yeah. that. Um, but look, I didn't want my name on the door, I wanted it to be a brand that you could build a brand around, yeah. so that's not all about you. I think a lot of people in finance and real estate like to have their, you know, their name on the door. Um, bit of an ego thing, that's not what I wanted to create for myself. Um, and yeah, Entourage, I think the movie was out at the time and then I managed to get the domain name entourage.com.au That's pretty for a couple of grand. That's a win. Because um, yeah. I had all other forms of Entourage, like my Entourage and different things. But yeah. when I got Entourage, I thought, oh, well, that's a sign. I can, I can run with this. And then you can kind of build, the meaning of Entourage is, you know, a band of import, uh, people supporting an important person. So mm. I really felt if I did, could build this team of, you know, advisors, then clients could come in and get really good quality advice. Mm. And so I worked really well and people love the name. It's, it's been good. They always ask me about the TV show, of course. Um, <laughs> I probably, yeah. probably pretend to be Ari Gold sometimes. I'm not quite like <laughs> Ari, but we do have a Vinny in the office. He he's, thinks he's quite Vincent Chase, but uh, he's a long way from that as well. <laughs> he's so charming. He's, he's charming. charming. We'll he, give it he to does him. All right. yeah, yeah. So, the business then, when you started it, how many people did you have? Was it just yourself? Did you have someone else come it, along with you? It was Hume. So yep. Hume's been there for he's eight, eight years this year. So he was at the start of almost I. He started in that first year of, in 2012 with yep. I Property Plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he became a partner of the business. You know, because he's so loyal and so good, he's, mm-hmm. he just got equity in the business, I think, last year or the year before. Yep. Um, he's the nicest person you'll ever meet, supports his family and just uh, a genuinely great human being. He really is. Um, so, so there was Hume and there was my brother-in-law, Brett, who, who moved away overseas a couple of years ago. Yeah. There's the three of us. And um, yeah, it's, been, it's been fun. I think there was a, when do we, who else do we hire? I think we've, we've, got, we've hired a lot in 2000. So that 2016 was that kind of first year of business. We had yeah. to get our own office. We moved into Cremorne, which is kind of, been an amazing little adventure yeah and it just keeps growing and then we worked hard that year to try and you know before I could really hire more people we had to go and I took we had to have a good year so I, mm-hmm. I was really focused to just smash it that year and we we did over a hundred million now in our game of mortgages yeah there's a there's a bit of a barrier it's like a yeah. still yeah, yeah. doing a ton I suppose yeah and so we did we, we got over a hundred mil in that 2017 financial year so 16 17 and we got number 20, we ranked 23 in the country for brokers. Yeah. And then we thought, ah, oh, and we could breathe. It was a really hard year of work, just two of us doing that, just Hume and I. Yeah. And then next year we, we started hiring. And so that year- Bringing we, on staff, yeah, 2017. So, yeah, so, so we- That went from two to more to, you now you're at 16. Yeah. I'm just gonna pause it for a bit there. We're gonna come back after this and we're gonna talk about what it means, life and finance and being a business owner, yeah. what it means to your life. Cool. See you in a sec. Cheers. 
All right, we're back. So what we're talking about with Damien is um, about how life changes when you're a business owner and how your finances change when you're a business owner because you haven't got that steady stream of income coming in yeah. unless you decide to pay yourself. But yeah. how how is your life adapted to being a business owner? And even how does your wife and kids have to adapt to that as well? Yeah. Well, look, at we have, we have gone through phases. Like it's been four years now of having entourage and controlling the money. And, um, you know, you, you have good months and you think, oh, well, you take some money out and you go, <laughs> then my lovely accountant, Sean, will send me his <laughs> bloody tax bills for the quarter. I'm like, I'm like oh, shit, that's, that's, that's 80 grand I got. So you got to, uh, yeah. and you got to adjust it again. So, you know, and there's been times where I just haven't taken money at all. Um, oh, look, I manage the money in the household with the, with the family based on the finance experience. But yeah. um, there, there is times when there's no money in the accounts mm-hmm. in early days because I've been in, investing a lot into the business and, you know, we've, we hired, I think we hired four or five people in 2017 from like gone from three to eight, um, which big, is just, big jump. just a big jump. And yep. I do these stupid things sometimes. I go, <laughs> I go all in and, um, <laughs> and, just, and just hope it works out at the end. And, and yeah. look, it's... All those guys that kind you just of... You've got to believe in yourself. And they've all... We got good people. Like, I didn't try to hire all these people, but we had good applicants come in. Yeah. So I hired three brokers within six months, which we wanted probably one or did maybe two. Did you have the money to fund them? Like, the, the ongoing revenue stream? Or did you have to say, all right, well, we need to bring in more money in order to pay for these people? I think because I was off the back of the really good year of 2017, when we were really yeah. skinny. Yeah. And, like, it's so much more profitable sometimes when it's, if you just want to do all the work. Yeah. And like we had a really good, 2017 was that real good year as well. Then we just kind of went into the 2018s and 19s with these, the market kind of crashed a little bit with all the changes in lending. Yeah. Um, so you do kind of assume, you backed yourself that business will keep growing. Yep. If you bring more people and you'll earn more money or the business will earn more money. Yep. Um, but you can't handle some of these market changes sometimes like mm. that. We talk about horror yeah. stories when, when people, when people um, I guess, start businesses or run businesses. Yeah. Um, you got a few things sort of sometimes shit hits the fan you just got to scramble and make it work so you've yeah. got you came from london to get into this business you had no money you had debt everywhere yeah so you went nah all right i'm going to make the decision yeah go live at home with your parents that's sorted um, yeah. then you have things like government changes or legislation changes which happens in our industries yeah um which happened in 2018 which sort of would have affected your business no one was yeah. buying yeah um, no one was borrowing yeah you had all these staff yeah. how did you get through it well that's probably the time when i would always sacrifice my own income for their income mm. I, you know the tough thing is you if you start not paying people they're probably going to leave you I, I was lucky that i've got the other investments so i'll just pull money from that to live off yep. if i needed to clever but um i'll run the same yeah i'll run the so, same shop i mean i know i know other business owners might want to pay themselves first i was probably the last one to get paid mm. um and then if there's any left i might take it out of the business when the when the times are tough um, and that's kind of how you yeah, the, the goal is have always been this brand and building this brand and this culture that you've got a good office environment to work for and yeah. you got to get them get them the money first because I've got really good staff they're good brokers good admin they're just a, a dream team mm. and they've all been they're all coming up to the third year of work so to get through that last kind of one or two years of tough times in the in the market and you know all the expenses we've been paying it's we can kind of see the light now yep because um, you know, it's they're, they're they're doing record numbers. You know, we're in this new office and um, and things culture are good building a good team culture is so important to growing a big business or a good yeah, business or, because you want good people to stay on. Well, you you read all the books. It's culture seems to be one of the biggest things for you know retaining good staff and yeah. 
I just I, I like things to work. You know, if you go into our office, you know, everyone's got you know really nice computers, the the sit stand desks, the, the everything needs to work. I I've been in offices before. I'm sure everyone has like, and you kick in the like the photocopier and when shit doesn't work, it just frustrates <laughs> yeah, you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the goal is for me to try and create an environment where you know we can do everything for them, so they can just concentrate on clients and, yeah. and bring in the work. Yeah. Everything else just has to work seamlessly behind them. Yeah, and that's been expensive, yeah. but it's kind of I don't know how you would ever. You know, a retention of a staff member, how that would ever, what dollar figure you put on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a, you know, you know, Vincent and some of the guys there and, and Mika and Nicole, like, they're all three-year experience. They're all doing, you know, some of the best numbers I've ever done. But if I didn't put that money into them and sacrifice for myself in the last, you know, last couple of years, then you wouldn't have any, any of them. So you get frustrated, they leave. They yeah, yeah. Something's better out yeah. there. Yeah. So you got growing a business is obviously hard because you got to dedicate funds, resources, your time. Yeah. Um, and there's a common misconception out there that when you run a business, and especially if you've got a growing business and you upgrade your offices like you've recently done, yeah, yeah. that you're killing it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone looks yeah. at you, all your mates turn to you, they go, you must be killing it. Yeah, Look at you, you've got all this staff coming on board. Yeah. Tell me about that. How do you feel about that That misconception uh, then when people say you must be killing it? I think people in business would know that that's not always the case. Mm. You know, I speak to other people that, you know, whether in real estate, they go, well, more staff just sometimes creates more headaches and more, more expenses. So, um, you know, we're a young business. We're still only four years old and, you know, we've gone through a lot of changes and, you know, buying it. We bought a business last year and we've done a new office. So mm-hmm. that's all very expensive stuff. Like yeah. it, you know, and... Um, and it puts stress on you sometimes as well because if things don't work out, like one, you've yeah. got to have, have the balls to do it. Yeah. Right? And you, you, know, you, don't, you don't want people to think you're going shit either. So, you know, you're like, I don't mind <laughs> that they think we're killing it, but... You know, we're doing very well from an industry point of view, but there's not millions of dollars flying around everywhere. So. No, 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 no. But you've got to give up things. Like, you've got to be on your, on your phone all the time, which impacts yeah, your family. Yeah, you yeah. have to be able to answer calls on Saturday nights, Sundays, yeah. work long hours sometimes, and yeah. then you still got to make sure that your health and everything like that is, is yeah. sustaining what yeah. you're going through uh, these changes. And the phones, are, I'm, I'm probably pretty bad on my phone. Yeah. You know, like, it's, you know, it's, an, it's an email, it's a text. I, don't, I, don't, I only have emails and texts come through as notifications. I don't have any social come through. I've blocked all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're with your daughter and you you got a client call on a Saturday because they're at auction, it's it's a bit hard to yeah. you've got to take the call because it's you know pretty urgent stuff and mm-hmm. um, and then she doesn't quite understand just yet. Dad, why are you on your phone when we're, when we're playing basketball or something? Yeah. Um, so there is those challenges of doing that, but mm. you, you got to do it. I've got to. I say that I'm available for my clients, and I've you yeah. got to do it. But if you want to build a big business, you've got to be willing to do it, and obviously yeah. you are willing to do it yeah. because you've got this end goal in sight. Yeah. But Having growth means mm. you've got to reinvest into the company, and there's, yeah. you get you get you get to a point where you say, "All right, am I going to pull out the profits? Am I going to b- build a property portfolio? Do I want to just sit back and relax?" Yeah. Um, or you go, "No, I'm going to grow the business. I might have to buy more businesses." And there's normally yeah. three ways you can grow your business. Yeah. You can use your own cash. Yeah. You can use debt from a bank, or you can just use a profit that's, that the business is turning over to grow the business to yeah. build it from two to eight to seven, 16 staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the main track you've taken when growing your business? Because I've done so much. I've probably done, I've actually done all three of them, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, like yeah. I think um, initially when I started Entourage, I borrowed money to pay out the business partners for that, that trail commission from mm-hmm. the bank. Mm-hmm. And that was security against a, a property. So that was kind of cheap money. Yep. Um, uh, I probably used my own money at different stages just to you know prop up income when I've needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year with the office, I, I borrowed a little bit of money just for the office because it was, ended up being well over budget. Office fit-outs are very expensive. To <laughs> if you're ever going to do it. I'm not, I'm not experienced. <laughs> if you're ever thinking about fitting out an office, uh, yeah, that can really blow the budget. So, um, 
But uh, it was good fun though. And that's, you know, that, so I've kind of done all three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, the goal now, there's no more real big expenses coming. I'm not probably looking mm. to buy any more business at this stage. So mm. really look to get some of these other debts that are just hanging around for another year or so just paid off mm. and just become, you know, get rid of those yucky debts. Yeah, that means you've got a good turnover business, yeah. good revenues, good profits. But in saying that, sometimes there's, there's two thoughts. You can almost keep the debt and then use the money to pay off your home loan. But yeah. Because it's that it's one of those yeah. loans is quite cheap, you know. Well, if you've got a home loan, I remember yeah, yeah. Um, me with my uh, with me with my business. I've we, got we my don't investments. All, we all, most people have home loans with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have, I, don't have, I don't have a home anymore. I've got plenty of investment loans. Yeah, yeah. So, like, look, I've got my investment portfolios. Right. I've got properties, developments, I've yeah, got yeah. shares, yeah. other businesses that I've invested yeah. into in the past. I'm going out on my own to start my business that I wanted to grow. Yeah, um, I sold my home to reinvest some money into my. Yeah, yeah into my project, which is my yeah. business. Yeah. And then hiring my first staff member, when when that was, I used the profit of my business to hire the first staff member, which is what you yeah, essentially yeah. did as well. Yeah. Or looking at the growth. And yeah. then you get to a point where you're like, all right, we need to grow by using debt or yeah. by using my own funds to fuel the fire to get it to take off. 100%. You, yeah. you, your money can come from anywhere. I think it's mm. whether you, where, where you've got it. Yeah. If you don't have it, you, you might have to borrow it. but. Um, yeah, we've done all three kinds of those things yeah. over the journey. Yeah, good, good. And then when people say, all right, we're going to reinvest back into the business. Yeah. We've got a long-term goal or a long-term plan. We've got a business plan. This is how we want to achieve it. Yeah. <laughs> with, with people like yourself and entrepreneurs, you sort of just go-getters. Um, yeah. I, I think that you just leave the business plan to the side and just say, all right, this is where I want to go and this is how I'm going to get there. Yeah. Have you ever sat, sat down and go, oh, long-term this goal, this business gonna be, This is going to be the bad answer for a business owner. Um, I, should, I read enough books that I've got to have these goals and business plans in place. But um, I reckon I did a business plan 2015. I don't know where it is. Um, <laughs> There's different, there's, there's different motivations and goals that are internal in my head and our staff have their own KPIs and that. But, yeah. you know, the, the one that people ask, where do you want to be in five years? I'm like, oh, geez, it's, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I know I want to be in this office which we've just built for the next 10 years. I want to have, you know, we've got a legal business and a, and a property business. I want them to be up and running and going well. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, do we want to be the biggest in Australia? Probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, my thing is really about the team. Yeah. Like I, I, I really love seeing them grow now. Um, Vincent, who's, you know, came on as a partner last year, he's bought into the business. Hume's a partner now. Like this is, Good. this is my kind of passion where I want to see them kind of in their name in lights. And yep. I think next month in the March 12th, we've got, you know, we've got Vincent, Crystal and Nicole and the business up for awards. So having those, th I won't be any up for any awards anymore. My time's done yeah. as a broker. But these guys, seeing them go win awards, which is kind of new for them, is mm. the exciting part. That's that's yep. my that's my ultimate goal to keep training these guys and getting them to go the next level yeah. in business and life. And you know, we talk a lot about their lives as well. Like we're with these guys every day. Yeah. Like we we took them to the gym on you know, we did a big session, a group session, and personal training. We've, Got them, you know, doing some meditation, writing journals, all kinds of things to help with their well-being yep. within the business. I think that's pretty important. So as, as long good. as you're, you're, get, you're getting your staff to, to be happy, to keep generating money and you care about their long-term success, yeah. your business is going to keep growing. That's it. So do you really need a business plan? Roll with the punches if as I'm they come. Them the bride, that <laughs> yeah. will, everything will come, and the process of doing that will end. You know, the, the monetary goal that will all come. Yeah, I'm doing that stuff right. Well, Damon, what I love about your story is so there's a lot of people when they 
do well in business, they go for the shiny lights and they try and invest into like things like the tech companies. Yeah. And they take the profits out of the business to start that. Mm. You've had something that's worked out fantastically. Yeah. But now you've started just to grow something that's vertically integrated. So yeah. you've got a finance with a property and with a legal team, yeah. all within it. Yeah. So what drew you towards that vertically integrated business? Well, it's kind of, we, we always, you know, from 2006, it was always property and um, property and finance. Mm. And like, we always had these plans where we'd sit down and get someone's property strategy and do that buyer's advocate. So the, the legal came on three years ago that was just a natural progression where we referred to this lady, Caroline, and, and she was um, unbelievable and she was leaving a legal firm. And so that just kind of came on three years ago. So mm-hmm. it kind of came on pretty early in the entourage journey. Yeah. And I've always been searching to get the right property advisor back on board because property is our passion. Like, you know, I, I invested early in my 20s and we speak to our clients about property so much. Um, you know, I'm an agent rep, so I could be a licensed agent. You don't, you don't need much to be a licensed agent. So, um, <laughs> or a real estate agent. And she's got the license. And we got Antoinette last year and yeah. she's perfect and she's yeah. just killing it. So... We've had, you know, Vinny and the girls, they always love to talk property. So, but now we've got the expert who's actually on the road seeing everything. Yeah. You've got that perfect trilogy of, if you're gonna buy a property, you kinda need advice about the property, whether you're buying or selling. You need legal, you need finance, generally. That's it. Unless you're yeah. Stefano. <laughs> Doesn't need the finance. No, no. Um, so it just, it just works really well. You know, we're all a team. Yeah. Um, we all just cross-refer to each other. And you know, when you've got clients that need one thing, you can, I think this day and age and the way that mortgages have become so difficult, mm. you need a bit of a team around you now. Yep. Um, a lot of people come to me and go, oh, you must, you must know asset finance or you must know commercial finance or some random business finance. It's all quite specialist and niche. So we've mm. got different people who do different things within the, in the group. Because yep. you know, whether it's a residential or commercial or self-managed super fund or asset, it's all, it's all quite different if yep. you're not doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having legal is great. We can just go, Carolyn, what's going on here? And, you know, and then Antoinette can kind of give us a review on the property. So for our clients, it provides a better experience and um, so far working pretty well. You need to build a great name. Yeah, yeah, a great yeah. Great name. So, so what this, what this uh, podcast and video series is all about is, it's called Investor Types. Yeah. So we like to help people identify, well, if they want to become a business owner or if they want to reinvest into their business to grow something big, yeah. what sort of characteristics do they need to have in order to do this, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, you've got to be, you've got to be. Uh, I think you've got to be skilled at your craft, whatever it is at the start. You know, a lot of business owners I hear they go, "I want to be a business owner so I don't have to work." I think if you think that, you're probably on the miss, the wrong path of a business. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't ever think that. Go that's for going passive to investments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work for someone because that's not going to work for you too well. Because yeah. the truth is, you, you work more than you would as if you're an employee if it's your own business. Um, if you care about your brand and you know, your staff, if you've got staff or whatever it is, you're gonna work longer hours than you ever would as an employee. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be, you gotta have that dedication, that hard work yep. and be skilled at your craft. Mm-hmm. But then obviously, like I've done, I was, I kind of had that year where I got that breakout year, but then I've tried to put that onto other people and lead them that way. Yep. Um, so you gotta be a leader as well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you're, you're a leader, yeah. um, willing to make sacrifices, yeah. need to be able to work hard and have that work yeah. ethic. And if, and if you've got some money on the side to keep you going for the first year, that's, 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 always, that's always handy. If you've got generous parents or you know, someone to back you up if you need to, I didn't have that, so I kind of, that's, that's a big tip if someone can give you some cash as well. It's yeah, always be helpful. to sacrifice and have people around you that yeah. understand it. But it's exciting though, it's great. There's nothing better than running your own business and you know, watching it grow and there's gonna be, it's always bloody hard, but once you make it, it's kind of, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. So 
there we have it. Um, another episode talking about reinvesting into your business. Damo, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, didn't know a Collingwood supporter could be so articulate and say that <laughs> I'm a Collingwood supporter, so it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> 2020 is out here. Uh, no um, it's been an amazing chat. If you've got any questions, uh, feel free to reach out or leave comments below. Um, we'll hopefully, hopefully, we'll bring you back for another episode pretty soon. Um, take care. Thanks, Jeez. mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Investor Types podcast. What I want to remind you is that everything you heard in this podcast is general advice only. Please don't consider it as personal advice. If you do want to consider, consider it as being personal advice, please go and speak to your licensed financial planner. Everything here is just informational purposes only. Take it as you will. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks again for tuning in. See you soon.